Pop the bubbly, baby, because your Minnesota Twins are advancing to the ALDS for the first time since 2002, beating the Blue Jays in Game 2 by a score of 2-0. to zero. What's up? What's up? We're back in the lab, back at another Minnesota Twins postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. See that? That's Brandon Warren, host of the Lockdown Twins podcast. Go follow him on X, at Brandon underscore Warren and Brandon before we jump into all the action from twins blue Jays game two let me just remind everybody this episode is brought to you by bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash locked on or use the promo code locked on for a free water bottle with any purchase that's right any purchase no matter the price bird dogs is giving you a free water bottle with the promo code locked on don't miss this offer because you won't want to take off your bird dogs I promise you all right, brother, let's jump right into it, baby. Twins kick off game two at Target Field versus the Blue Jays with that giant monkey finally off their back. So today kind of felt like going in, hey, we know we can do it. Now we're playing with a little bit of house money up one. Sum it up best you can. Twin sweep the Blue Jays and advance to the ALDS for the first time since 2002. And now get the Astros this Saturday. Just your knee-jerk reaction and overview of how everything played out today. The Twins took advantage of unforced errors and did exactly what they needed to do pitching-wise. This, I mean, you say this entire series, this sweep, it's two games, doesn't feel like a sweep, but it's very easy to win a series when you only give up one run to an offense that, by all by all indications, should be strong based on their personnel. Just wasn't the case, but Twins just did enough at every stop that two-run fourth inning coupled with the fifth inning where Vladimir Guerrero Jr. gets picked off. I mean, what an incredible turn of uh, energy at that point in the game. Let's go through this thing piece by piece, and I'll start with what I think was the A topic in this one. You don't get to October playoff baseball without some top-notch pitching, right? And if yesterday wasn't enough, Lopez versus Gossman in game one. Today we got to watch two more studs, Sonny Gray and former twin Jose Barrios, who four or five years ago, that was our number one A. So another familiar face and connection between these two teams. Um, Sonny kind of had to fight his way out multiple times of a few jams. Blue Jays, by the way, left five runners on through the first three innings. But this was kind of a, a classic pitching duel in October early on. What do you see with Sonny and his battle with Berrios? How good were these two, especially early on in the game, that was scoreless through, what, three and a half innings? Yeah, I think taking Berrios out was the yeah. unforced error of the series. Not, yeah. not necessarily just game. And he looked incredible. I mean, he had a two-to-one strike to, uh, to ball ratio, five strikeouts in three innings. I mean. He was absolutely dealing at the Twins eating out of the palm of his hand. Statistically, I understand wanting to go to a lefty when the Twins have their fair share of lefties in their lineup. But honestly, the way things have gone lately, I feel like the drop-off wasn't that much in a swap-out. And the Twins ended up pushing across those two runs against. Well, one was on Barrios' ledger, but both were off Kikuchi in terms of who was on the mound. And so, yeah, I... Uh, I just don't understand what the point was there. But anyway, Sonny Gray, terrific. Um, he just showed he, he knows how to pitch. He gets into jams, he gets out of jams, gets a big double play ball. And, uh, you know, he just did everything you asked. This is what you go get a Sonny Gray for. This is the exact situation you want a guy like that. And he was nails today, man. Absolutely nails. So solid to have that guy as your game two starter and be able yeah. to save him a little bit. Twins allow just one run in 18 innings with 
just absolutely dominant performances by the pitching staff, top to bottom. We'll get into that a little bit more. Blue Jays, by the way, leave 17 runners on base in games one and two. You mentioned it, but perhaps the splash play of the game came in the top of the fifth. Runners on second and third. Blue Jays' best hitter up to bat. Big, bad Bo Bichette at the plate. Sonny Gray pulls off like the pickoff move of the century, man. I didn't know he had it in him. Snipes Vlad Guerrero at second base. Carlos Correa applies the tag for the out. Vlad was like insistent. He was safe. He just like laid down clutching the bag for like what felt like five minutes as they went to the video booth replay, which did confirm he was yeah. out. Walk me through the play though. You're the baseball aficionado. Yeah. There's so many elements and variables that took place there and ultimately had a huge effect on the outcome of the game. So if you're the trail runner in that situation, you can't fall asleep. You want to get a good secondary lead to score the tying run, but you have to give to get, you have to be aware of the situation and that sort of thing. Whatever, happened between Sonny and Correa. They have a tell, a sometimes like back in my, when I played, it was like an open glove or some kind of like flash thing on the side of the runner where then the pitcher goes one, two, three turns and fires without looking. And you trust that the guy is going to be there. Now, I don't know that the big leagues do it exactly the same as we did, you know, way up in the sticks, but it's a play that is 100% dependent on indirect communication and trusting your teammate. Now, if that ball goes into the outfield, both of those runners probably come home and score, and it's a tie game, and we're probably not on the air right now. We're probably watching white-knuckled whatever's happening in extra innings. So the the absolute stones it takes to pull off a play like that, uh, incredible. It, it looks like a pickoff, a great pickoff, but the moving parts behind mm -hmm. it, incredible. Absolutely incredible, and you can't fall asleep as the trail runner Bobachet, your guy, like you said, bad Bobachet. He has to be furious that yeah. that happened with him at the plate and two runners in scoring position. As a trail runner, I, I know I keep saying it. You cannot fall asleep. And that's exactly what happened. So what you're saying matches up to exactly what they were talking about on the broadcast. The timing has to be perfect. Yep. So had you seen that move at all over the regular season, 162 games? Obviously, Sonny wasn't on the mound for all of those. Yeah. But had you seen anything like that throughout the regular season with the Twins, specifically with Sonny Gray? And also, I guess, too, bigger picture, help me out. Is Sonny Gray known to be like a pickoff kind of pitcher throughout the season or his career? Or was that like completely out of the blue? I mean, he's he's good at limiting the running game. And okay. they said, you know, he's athletic. So it's, it's natural that he's going to be... Right quick to the plate, uh, quick kind of turning and throwing. But, um, you know, again, I, I don't, I cannot recall an instance of it, which is all the more impressive. Right. It's like bringing out the flea flicker in the uh, NFC in the wild Bowl. card. Yeah. Game. Yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah, not quite the Super Bowl yet. Sure. But that's, that's what you are on those backfields in Fort Myers in late February working on. So that in early October, maybe one time in your life, you try it and who knows if it works or not. In this case, I mean, Correa doing that and that play on the deflection from Polanco in game one. I mean, mm. you can't say enough about his defensive instincts, acumen and execution. Unbelievable. Yeah, Correa showed up huge in these two games. We'll break that down a little bit more. Um, and you mentioned this as well. A lot made on the broadcast about the decision to pull Jose Barrios through three scoreless innings, five Ks, just one walk. He got into some like lukewarm trouble, I guess you'd call it in the fourth. They were awfully quick to pull the trigger, man, and yank the guy. If you were a Blue Jays fan, 
Just how upset are you right now with that decision? Or is that a case of like, all right, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, and if it works, no one really bats an eye, knowing it's do or die for the Jays at that point. And they've got rock-solid arms in the pen waiting to be used. Uh, at the end of the day, I want to beat your best with my best. So, sure. I mean, I understand playing the matchups. And the Twins were not great against left-handed pitching early in the season, though they got better as the season went on. Uh, Max Kepler especially was one of those guys. And so it, I mean, it, it got the bench churning. It got the wheels moving. But at the end of the day, Yusei Kikuchi, I'm a big Yusei Kikuchi fan on the whole. I mean, I love the the repertory. Throws it's just fun to say, ball. too. It's just fun to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Name. It's exactly if you're, uh, if you can do it without giggling, honestly. Um, <laughs> I can't. But, yeah, I can't either. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, I get the matchups, but it, it reeks of desperation to me and I, I don't like it. Um, it feels like that move will be talked about all offseason yep. if you're a yep. Blue Jays fan to pull him so early. Sonny, meanwhile, rock solid, very similar, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of similar vibes to Pablo last night. Maybe you could say neither with like their A++ stuff, but more, I mean, both of them did more than enough to get through the lineup a few times without any major damage, obviously, giving your team a chance to win. Then it was Louis Varlin in the sixth. He's got a quick trip before Thielbar comes in, gets out of that wicked jam with the bases loaded, forces the ground out double play to survive. Griffin Jacks, Brock Stewart were electric. Talk to me about just the bullpen as a whole and what you saw tonight and their confidence now moving forward into the ALDS. Yeah, after Sonny came out, I mean, that's basically a carbon copy of what Sonny's been good for all season long. And it wasn't perfect. You know, Varland, uh, he he bumped into a little trouble and, and, you know, Thielbar got him out of it but um you know there there are certainly spots where you're like oh shoot this could go sideways pretty fast Thielbar gave up a bunch of homers uh this season especially late and then uh griffin jack's getting body checked by kevin biggio Man. down the like, baseline like a was, linebacker uh, in the hole trying to trying to you know tackle a fullback 250 pound fullback he might be sore in the morning i'll tell you that it's a it was very much a canadian minnesota entanglement because of uh the hockey history in both places for but, sure yeah um good, good call yeah up. i mean the bullpen was terrific, and it's exactly what I suggested would happen. Uh, pretty much everything that I have suggested would happen happen as far as this uh, this postseason. You got guys coming through who may not be your big stars. You got a bullpen full of guys who can do a lot of different things in terms of role, and the starters were absolutely per- well, not perfect. I guess I should say they did exactly what you would want them to do for the length that they were in the game. And yeah, Rocco's. Yeah, absolutely. Rocco's got some serious options. It just feels like now all of a sudden it's starting to feel like a bona fide strength of this team. You have to think about if you're an opposing team playing them. Uh, We will get into more of the Astros preview, by the way, in depth here. But just top of your head right now, knee-jerk reaction here. Who's on deck to start game one Saturday versus the Astros? And big picture now, too. Let me ask you this. What does winning this thing in two games do for the pitching rotation looking ahead, knowing these guys can get that extra day rest? And does that obviously help the bullpen the most then? I think it's probably going to be Joe Ryan, um, okay. just based on days of rest and that sort of thing. Because you can't bring Pablo back that quickly. Right. Obviously not Sonny. Uh, but I think it might be Joe Ryan in a similar role to what Barrios did today with a little more leeway because it's not an elimination game. I mean, I think that's part of what Schneider felt was in an elimination game, um, you know, you do the whole staff approach and live to fight another day. It just didn't happen. So I think it ends up being, yeah, if it's um, Joe Ryan piggyback with Bailey Ober piggyback, Kenton Maeda 
we'll see. But it's nice, you know, a couple of days off, the bullpen is going to be rip roaring, ready to go again. Even guys who work back to backs, no big deal with a couple of days off here. And uh, it's time to roll. We all thought Houston was going to be the first series. Instead, it's the second. So bring it on, right? Yeah. And also, too, what's been this unbelievable target field, home field factor slash impact on this series from what you've seen and heard, Ben, like, because apparently that crowd was just out of their mind in back-to-back nights, making their presence felt. I know you had some interactions with some people about the fact that, hey, sometimes in the past, Twins fans, and granted, they haven't had a ton to cheer for sometimes, but they haven't brought the heat, so to speak, in some playoff games. How good were they the last two nights, and how much does that help the home team when you can get that extra juice from the fan base? Yeah, they were certainly good. Um, You know, the Gaussman chant, and I mentioned that yesterday, I think that did get into his head. And I think they, at uh, when Kikuchi came in and had the bases loaded, I think too, the intensity just ramped up so much. And again, um, Twins too, also showing they don't have to hit homers to win. I think too was cool. Um, they did just a lot of old style baseball stuff. And uh, the fans showed the appreciation that the Twins players were craving. It's unfair to compare it to the Metrodome days just because you and I both know the acoustics of the Metrodome and an open air stadium sure. are markedly different. Also, uh, number of fans in attendance, 50, 60,000, and uh, the Metrodome closer to 35, 38 here. Uh, but all things considered, they showed up, they showed out, and um, now it's time to do it again when they get Houston. All right, we got to get into that Twins-Houston series coming up now this Saturday and what that all looks like. But first, quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs because all the best teams in baseball have that one great utility man that can do it all. Well, Bird Dogs is the utility man you need in your closet lineup. Whether you're on a date, working on the yard, or just lounging on the couch watching us, Bird Dogs is the do-it-all apparel with the versatility to give you the comfort you need combined with the stylish look you want. They are, without a doubt, the best-fitting shorts and pants you can find when it comes to finding the best bang for the buck. And it's the inseam liner that does it for me because they keep me cool and dry in all the best places. And combine that with the cloud-knit fabric that gives you the look of a khaki but the feel of the best athletic gym apparel imaginable. Add these to your closet today, and when you do – Bird Dogs is going to give you a free water bottle with any purchase. That's right. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on, or just use the promo code locked on at checkout for your free water bottle. It's as easy as that. One more time. It's birddogs.com slash locked on or promo code locked on for your free water bottle with any purchase. Plug these into your closet lineup and get the utility man, your closet desperately needs birddogs.com slash locked on. You're not going to want to take these off. I promise you. All right, man, let's keep it moving here. I know it was only two games, but let's hand out some just quick awards from the series here real quick, top of your head. Series MVP, who you got? Is it as easy as Royce Lewis, or what do you think? Yeah, I think it's Royce. Uh, you know, not much today, although he did score one of the one of the runs. So I guess, yeah, yeah. I'd probably go him. But I think Carlos Correa would be the dark horse just because of the two For plays. Sure. And he had he one made. of the two RBIs tonight, too. So right. So I, I'm taking Royce. I mean, the effect that he had on game one, it's incredible that a DH could have that much. <laughs> of, uh, uh, yeah, no uh, kidding. Impact. So, I mean, but he he accounted for 80% of the runs in the series in one form or fashion. So Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, uh, it's got to be Royce. I think you're right. Yep. Can't go wrong with that. Series Cy Young pitcher who you got. And it doesn't need to be a starter. Just what pitcher impressed you the most through these two games? Griffin Jacks, because I think a lot of people had left 
uh, not left him for dead, but it definitely soured on him as a late inning guy because, you know, he just had a couple of spots or a few extended spots this season where he just wasn't the, what fans were clamoring for. Totally understandable because, you know, you want a good bridge to Juwan Duran. And Duran is definitely in that conversation, especially three strikeouts in this one, especially after dealing with, I think he lost a fingernail before uh, his warm-up tosses were done. So either way, I mean, you can't go wrong with Duran, but you kind of expect it from him. So Griffin Jacks for me is kind of like the uh, the the guy who comes out of this looking like, ooh, this guy could be special. Absolutely. For, uh, Absolutely. The Raise the, the bar a little bit for yep. sure. And, and yep. maybe you could use the same answer for this next one. We talked about Michael A. Taylor last night as the biggest unsung hero in game one. Who was the biggest unsung hero, I guess, of the series? Kind of tough to pick, I know. I, you know, I, I would probably go with, I mean, it's probably Taylor, the defense. Yeah, I mean, it, he took, it, he took fair, away enough man. runs that's in, a, in a series where only six runs were scored. He took away a few. Uh, that's huge. The, the margin of five to one over a two game set series in, uh, in terms of the runs he saved defensively. Uh, I think it has to be him. Uh, if you're not going to give him MVP, and again, I understand why you wouldn't because you, you didn't do anything with the bat, really. He's one for six. But um, yeah, the defense puts him in the conversation of uh, don't sleep on the fact that this guy was a huge factor. Absolutely. Can't go wrong with that either. All right, last one here. Best splash play or like biggest moment in game two? I know Correa, obviously, uh, in game one, that was always going to stick out the way he threw up Obershed at the plate. That was huge. And then the pickoff move today in the fifth was so electric for so many reasons. Those are the two I think when we look back at this series, a lot of people are going to think of. Barrios being lifted. Wow. Yeah. Did. Good point, man. That's a great um, dark horse. And so, I mean, Chris Bassett doesn't pitch in the series. He was their big free agent off-season acquisition. Uh, they don't push it to three games, which I'm sure you obviously have to be disappointed with if you're a Jays fan. But just lifting him, it, it reeked of, like, over-managing to the point of you wanted it, you had a righty and you wanted to be so different with your next pitcher and you got over-eager putting him in. Uh, just to me, it no, it doesn't. it doesn't fly. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, we did talk about Michael A. Taylor briefly, but you just yep. don't see a guy as valuable as Byron Buxton go down like he did in a team really not skip a beat at the position like the Twins were able to do when they plugged in Taylor. Just kind of a machine out there in center field all year. How rare is that in baseball? Like how lucky did they get with that transition? And when you look all the way back to when he was called upon, how much of a savior has he been in center field for the Twins? It's kind of like maybe Case Keenum. In, uh, I like that. It, I like that. Was Good it uh, 18, 17? I can't remember. Yeah, 17. Sure, but, uh, yep, yep. 17. Uh, you know, where if somebody had told you that Byron Buxton would go down, or if someone told you that your starting quarterback would go down, you're just like, all right, I guess, I mean, maybe next year. Right. And they had, they wouldn't got Taylor for that exact reason. The, the Royals had no reason to keep Taylor. So the Twins flipped him a couple prospect pitchers that the Twins will never, ever, ever miss. One of the best trades of the Falvey and Levine era, without question. Mm. And they have so many of these guys where it's just like when they traded for him, you're like, ah, I don't know. Or, you know, Pal Farmer, Donovan Solano, when they sign him, it, it really was kind of hazy. What's the goal here? Now you see it's a puzzle that they've been able to put together. Um, I don't know if I'd say to perfection, but you could definitely see the vision. 
Yeah, and with that example, it's not just you're losing your starting quarterback. It's like you're losing a Patrick Mahomes type of quarterback yep. or, you know, yep. like a Joe Burrow, right? Like one of the studs mm -hmm. in the league. Uh, and if Michael A. Taylor has been the good news, I guess maybe the bad news, if I got to find something glass half empty here, might be Jorge Polanco now. Three errors, I think, in only two playoff games yeah. of the postseason over there at third base. I know he's only played, what, 15 games over there? Where are the emotions at right now, though? Is it just frustration, a little bit of anger because you know he can do it? Are you worried now at this point? He could be maybe a bigger liability when the pressure moments um, start to arise in the next round. And I guess, is it all a mute point anyways? Like, what are Rocco's other options yeah. even until Royce is back and healthy enough to take the field over there at third base? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you have to hope for is that he can play third. You move Polanco back to second and you DH Julianne and you have your okay. essentially the, the best of what you have to offer defensively. I mean, it's not going to make anyone forget about, you know, Josh Donaldson at third base or anything like that, but it does raise the water level for the rest of the infield. Uh, I mean, otherwise you could go with uh, Willie Castro or Kyle Farmer over there, but honestly, I'm not sure outside of if they're going to face a lefty, which uh, they, they will in the Astros series with Framber Valdez. That'll probably be a little bit of a, a chance to get some guys moving around if, if Lewis, Lewis can't play third. But um, other than that, yeah, right now it's kind of, uh, you know, if you have uh, a voodoo doll of, of Royce Lewis or whatever, <laughs> you're, you're, you're massaging those hamstrings and uh, hoping for good juju. Yeah, well said. Obviously, you hope you can get Royce 100% healthy yeah. sooner than later, just for like peace of mind, if nothing else, when you know he's out. But, but certainly at this point, getting him back out on the field looks yeah. like it could be awfully important the longer they continue to play some October baseball. All right, let's close out with some Twins, Astros, Talkers, and Preview. But first, quick reminder to subscribe to the show channel if you haven't already. Plus, make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Twins podcast as Brandon breaks down the team each and every week on the Locked On Twins podcast podcast network all right how does this team match up with the Astros now the team we all thought we might get in round one to begin with it's a team that hits and hits and hits some more their pitching is okay okay the bullpen is going to be pretty good but this the rotation uh uh from Valdez hasn't been who you would expect him to be Verlander's been very good but it's not Verlander of old you know 98 miles per hour in the seventh inning or anything like that but if the twins can pitch as they did in this series, which is a tall task, a tall ask, uh, they have a good shot. But the top, I think I pulled it up here, the top six players by baseball reference war for the Houston Astros this year are position players, they're hitters. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a battle of, uh, depending on what offense for the Twins shows up, basically is if the, if the Twins offense of September shows up and the pitching staff of this series shows up, the Astros don't have a prayer. If it's something else, that's when it's going to be a good and hopefully competitive series with, uh, you know, winner uh, being best man win, best man wins, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And now being the road team, I'm just very curious when that early Vegas line comes out, what the odds and kind of value is going to be at when it comes yep. to this Astros twins, where the public is at right now, as far as that series go, I've always said to be the best, you got to beat the best anyway. So bring them on. It doesn't really matter to me when you get them, especially yep. now that this team has won a few games and snap that psychological streak now in their head. Well, um, and they were only three, they yeah. were only three games better than the twins in the standings. In yes, general. See, you know, we, we heard, we heard all season long how the twins couldn't hang and right. the rays are done. They were 99 wins, uh, done, 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 Toast. swept out of there. Uh, in their own home. So, yeah, there's nobody to fear in the AL, and so why not us? 
Yeah, you brought that up last night, actually. Great yep. point about maybe the gap between the AL Central and all these other teams. Maybe not as big as people think. Uh, ESPN's MLB expert Jeff Passan said the Twins, if they can get past the Blue Jays in round one and get that monkey off their back, the sky was the limit for this team. I don't know. Explain what he meant as far as maybe what's going right for this team and why they're so dangerous in the playoffs now with all this momentum between the red hot September, like you just laid out, and now sweeping the Blue Jays in round one. Like if you're an opposing team, what scares you the most about the Minnesota Twins? Uh, they they don't give up. They punch and punch and keep punching. And that was especially true in September, late September. They get down and they fight back and win a game that you thought they had no business winning which was not something they did as much early in the season. They still did it some. I mean, they had come from behind victories and all that, but it just kind of became their identity late. And now it's a bunch of guys who, you know, it's veteran guys who've been there before. It's a team that now has, like you said, that pressure off their shoulders, their collective shoulders to where now it's just go out and play ball. They're going to have to hit better than they did in this series. Everyone knows that we don't have to make a big point out of it. But for now, celebrate the win. And then, yeah, against Houston, you're going to have to bring your A game. But I don't I don't feel like it's a huge back-against-the-wall situation. The Twins have as good a chance as anybody to come out of the AL as things stand right now. Yeah, well said. Let's take one from the comments section over here from Sam Ekstrom. I think that might be French. I'm not sure. Will Buxton have a place on the ALDS roster? Love the show, boys. Thanks, Sam. Uh, probably with a Homer hanky from the dugout. I just, I don't see it. Um, okay. The, wow. the injury is so tricky that it's really hard to envision. He'd be ready to play in a couple days, three days. So as much as I hope so. And again, thank you, Sam, for the question. Uh, <laughs> really great to hear from a fan. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably not like by 10%. I hope they put it to bed right out the gate so people just yeah. aren't wondering, spinning their wheels. Will he? Won't he? All that stuff. Uh, love it. Before we get out of here, two full days now into the playoffs. What's sticking out to you around the rest of the league when it comes to postseason play? What are you seeing out there? The only thing we know is nothing. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. plain to see. That's October I mean, baseball, man. It's basically if, if uh, you were to take any given Sunday and put it in the major leagues because in a small little grouping, you know, it takes 13 games – 13 wins to win the World Series, 13 wins in the NFL puts you in a pretty good spot too. Um, yeah, all this this condensed makes for great drama, great baseball, and uh, we don't know anything. That's really it is, <laughs> you know, honestly, you watch with, uh, you almost watch it with like an the awe of a child because you see something new every game and it's incredible. It's what makes sports just in general so yeah. phenomenal, but specifically there's something so unique and special about October baseball and not looking good. I'm looking at some of these other scores. I know the Marlins lost last night, so not looking good, but I'd still love to see some twins Marlins world series action. Watch Pablo yeah. Lopez face off versus Luis Rice. Sounds like he's kind of dinged up with an ankle right now, by the way, but that did you hear so what happened cool. there? Did you know I missed there? it? No, I missed so it. You know, no. those, you know, the closer entrances that they have like Juan Duran, where sure. Yeah. Lights yeah, yeah. Lights go out he the trumpet. Was, yeah. He was coming out of the dugout. I, I want to say it was AJ Puck was coming in their closer and the lights were off and he tripped and messed up his ankle. You're kidding me. Dead serious. You're kidding. Was this re like recent, recent 10 days ago, seven wow. days ago. Wow. Yeah. Heading yep. into a week and a half before the playoffs, man. Yep. Mm. 
might not be your season, unfortunately. That's a bad omen. Um, all right, Twins fans, pop the bubbly, pour yourself a drink. The Woo! longest playoff streak in American sports history. That was snapped last night, and now the Twins are advancing to the ALDS for the first time since 2002, thanks to tonight's 2 to nothing win over the Blue Jays, just like we all predicted, Brandon, back in April. I know you and I did. We called it, didn't we? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I actually, on the, on the locked-on crossover, I picked the Twins to win the division, and I got – a little bit of help, but some some scoffs. I'm you feeling pretty good heat. right now. You took some heat, but you kept the receipts. That's what's important. Huge shout out to everyone that joined us on tonight's postcast. And another reminder, we will be here every single playoff game from here on out. Brandon's going to be side by side with us, helping us break down all the action. That's a reminder. Go check out Brandon every day on the Locked On Twins podcast. He's pumping out everything you need to know as the Twins try and stay hot in the postseason. That'll uh, do 11 it for more. us. 11 more to 11 go. More, I baby. hate to interrupt. 11 more. 11 more. That's all we need. That's it. We don't ask for a lot. Just 11. That's all we want. That'll do it for us as October baseball continues for the Twins. Follow us on X at Luke underscore Spinman and at Brandon underscore Warren. And follow all our work over on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network and the Locked On Twins podcast network as well. Twins win the series. Advance to the ALDS. They'll take on the Astros in game one Saturday afternoon. And we'll be here to break it all down. Until then, he's Brandon Warren. I'm Luke Inman. Signing off.